Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is a medium-sized city located in the state of Pennsylvania. It has a population of roughly 50,000 people, 36 constituent neighborhoods, and it's the 11th largest community in Pennsylvania. Uh, Harrisburg has a large stock of pre-World War II architecture, making it one of the older and more historic cities in the city uh, or in the county there. But you know, unlike some cities, Harrisburg isn't mainly just white or blue color. Instead, most prevalent is uh, occupations that are a mix of white and blue collar jobs. Overall, Harrisburg is a city of sales and office workers, service providers, professionals, and there are especially a lot of people living in Harrisburg who work in office and administrative support. Many of them commute to nearby cities such as Baltimore because it's not that far away, but real estate is certainly less expensive um, in these, these outlying areas. So it's really what we refer to as a tertiary market. It doesn't have the size or population uh, big enough to make it what we call a tier two market. It's really more of what we've referred to as a tier three or tertiary market. But nonetheless, it is a stable linear market, uh, nothing overly exciting. It is one of those markets that just provides stability. I refer to it loosely like a blue chip stock. So with me today are some of the team members that we work with out there. And, you know, it's overdue, but we want to talk about this market because there have been a lot of opportunities there and the properties that we have been moving in that market have been moving very quickly and we have these guys perpetually out of stock so demand is high just from where we sit okay it is my pleasure to welcome eric and liz to the show today they are one of our superstar property providers in Pennsylvania, specifically the Harrisburg area. And we have been doing a lot of business with them. They produce fantastic product. They're in great areas and it's been an exciting opportunity for us and our clients. So having said that, Eric and Liz, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It's an honor to have you guys on the show because you guys are awesome to work with. My team is constantly complimenting and bragging about how wonderful it is to work with you guys and our clients are super, super happy. So I'm excited to have you guys on. You know, let's talk about your local market because a lot of people are not only not familiar with the Pennsylvania market being way up there in the Northeast, but Harrisburg, like where in the heck is Harrisburg to maybe tell us about your local market there? Go ahead, Liz. Um, So we are, we consider it South Central Pennsylvania. So four of our counties border the Maryland-Pennsylvania line. Harrisburg's a little bit north of York, where we're located, where our office is. We're about an hour and 20 minutes from Philadelphia, um, about an hour from Baltimore, about four hours from Pittsburgh, four hours from New York. So it's a great location to get to a lot of really exciting places quickly for day trips, vacations, East Coast beaches, things like that. You guys are not considered a, um, a bedroom community or a suburb of either Baltimore or Pittsburgh, right? Correct. No. So you guys are your own MSA, Metropolitan Statistical Area. So so from a high level, if someone asked you, hey, why should I invest in Harrisburg or York, Pennsylvania, what would you tell them? I would say um, it's definitely a strong community for a lot of different reasons, um, both really family-oriented, um, very tight-knit community, um, very strong uh, job force, our 
unemployment's traditionally lower than the national average, which is good. Right. And just really, it's not, we have our cities, but there's also still a lot of open space, really beautiful countryside, a lot of farming, things like that. So there's, it's not as rural as, um, you know, the, it's not the middle of nowhere, but it's not a super right. huge city either. <laughs> so a lot of people always, you know, ask, well, this is kind of a smaller market, maybe a tertiary market, because it's just not as big as, as Baltimore or or Pittsburgh. So the question becomes like, what is driving the local economy? What, who are the major employers there, if any? Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of employers, but you know, if we're talking about like big, big companies, are any of those stationed there? And what's driving the local economy? Just to give us a sense of, you know, what the, what makes up your economy? So we can tag team that a little bit. One of the things about our physical location is a, a considerable amount of people live here because of the price of real estate and then commute to Baltimore, you know, the, the southern portion of the counties that Liz had mentioned actually border on Maryland. So, you know, from our office, it's it's virtually a 30-minute ride to downtown Baltimore. So we have a, a tremendous amount of people that have, have moved from the Maryland market to Pennsylvania, where they earn, you know, a slightly higher wage uh, commuting to Maryland, but are able to purchase and, and rent property, you know, considerably reduced price. Um, so we see a tremendous people that reside here, but commute to Maryland, the DC area, places of that sort uh, for for work, but choose here to live because they do like a little bit of the the rural feel that we have, but still have, you know, immediate access to the bigger city jobs and and the incomes that come with it. Uh, We're also Hershey Foods, um, which if if you you have, if you like chocolate and roller coasters, (laughs) you, you should know about Hershey. Um, their home base here is 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 in uh, our Harrisburg, uh, Dolphin, and Cumberland County market. Huge employer. Um, there's also uh, you know they they have a large private school there that employs several hundred people. Harley Davidson um, is another big nationally um, you know recognized company. They have a massive uh, manufacturing plant here, right in York, about two miles from our office. Um, and then also military bases. Um, there's a tremendous amount of, of military bases within um, about an hour drive of here. Fort Detrick in, in Maryland, Fort Meade in Maryland. There's a National Guard facility in Pennsylvania as well, about an hour from here. Um, so, so we have a tremendous amount of people that are uh, military that, that choose uh, our, our market. Um, as a place to call home and then commute for for their daily you know drive to work. Are you guys? Uh, see, I'm sorry, Eric. I was just saying, did I miss anything, Liz? We have Johnson Controls, which is a big one. Dentsply, they make dental equipment for pretty much I think all over the world. I know we have a lot of healthcare workers, a lot of education employees too. I think in our market alone, there's I believe 22 colleges and universities as well as some teaching hospitals. So it's definitely a good mix of different jobs and things like that. We have a lot of manufacturing, distribution, shipping, things like that. Mm. So you have a lot of diversity, and that's great. Have you guys noticed any kind of trends like in terms of growth or demand in real estate? I know a lot of markets have been experiencing that because they've been short on inventory. So demand has been high, supply has been, relatively speaking, low. And it's just been creating pressure in the rental market, pressure in the sales market, and demand for housing has been increasing. And that's pretty common around the U.S. right now. What about Harrisburg and being, you know, kind of a smaller, more of a tertiary market? What are you seeing there? So it's, we typically follow suit. We, we, we are never, you know, we see 
um, not the highest highs that we do in some of these primary markets. Um, you know, when you see these big spike in values and huge demand, um, we follow, but we typically follow at a, a slightly reduced rate. As our values increase, we don't see that that significant spike. We were in this business in in 2000. We started in 2004, so you know we obviously saw the market through 2006, 2007, and the decline in 2008. Our area was probably you know across the nation um, one of the the few that had um, not a you know um, just monumental collapse of our values, um, but we also didn't experience that that you know a drastic spike in values as well. We did see increases quicker than what we had seen over the previous ten years. But not that skyrocketing of values um, that that you know a, a lot of what people are seeing across the country. So when the market is 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 you know going crazy and 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 values are skyrocketing, we're not the place where you're going to see that rapid appreciation. Right. Um, but on the downside, you're also you know um, when 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 there's a correction, um, we also don't experience it that much. Um, our market's been you know. Uh, for what we can consider to be hot. I mean, you know, when we, when we put renovated properties on the market, they're selling quickly, whether that's to, you know, um, a tenant, um, resident, um, one of, uh, you know, our turnkey buyers, or we, we kind of cut our teeth in this business, um, in the fix and flip business. And we're doing over 250 fix and flips for, for well over a decade. And, um, we were watching those properties, um, sell overnight with multiple offers, kind of, you know, the way that everybody's seeing it across the country, but so our highs aren't as high and our lows aren't as low, but so we, we, we move in accordance with the rest of the market, I would say across the country, just not sure. as drastic. Yeah. I, I guess we would refer to your market as a linear market, which is kind of the polar opposite of what would be a cyclical market. So for a lot of people, that's just a boring market. It's, it's smooth, slow, and steady, but hey, that's great. I mean, it's got consistency. You could almost look at, like, look at it like a blue chip stock. You know, it just, yeah. It's just stable and predictable. And it's great for cash flow. So that's okay. If you're not swinging for the fences and trying to get, you know, huge appreciation gains, you want to have a, a stable place to park your investment capital and just have consistent cash flow. Uh, those quote unquote boring markets like Harrisburg and York are, are places to, to seriously look at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Okay. Well, that, that gives us um, kind of an overview and a feel for the market. Let's kind of get a little more granular and focus on the types of neighborhoods that, you know, we, we believe neighborhoods are very important and you know, neighborhoods can range from low income to higher end premium neighborhoods. A lot of what we typically provide our clientele are B class neighborhoods, B is B pluses, sometimes A minuses. And we touch on, you know, the C plus, C plus neighborhood. Um, and, you know, there's no formal industry definition of what those mean, but typically they're tied quite heavily into, um, you know, the demographics and the income level of the properties in those neighborhoods. So give us a feel for the types of neighborhoods that you guys are focused on you know, what types of neighborhoods are they? Just give us an overview. So we, one of the bigger, I, I would say, as I told you, when, when we transitioned from a, a model of fix and flip to just shy of two years ago, transitioning to being a primary focus, being on being a turnkey provider, uh, what we found was we, we were identifying the same properties um, as opportunities for turnkeys as we were previously for fix and flips with the elimination of the higher end stuff, right? Just because quite often, you know, in our market, the average uh, sales price um, is around one hundred and seventy thousand um, dollars, which may sound like a, you know, when you talk about some of the, the the bigger markets, it's that's the entry level, right? I mean, it's it's, it's nearly <laughs> impossible, right? Um, but that's about our median price. So when we shifted 
um, we really targeted the, the, the same um, inventory that we were previously identifying as opportunity for a fix and flip. So I would say uh, we would probably be, and again, it's, it's all relative because if you go to, to certain markets, it's hard to tell. But for our definition, I would say we operate in, in like the B minus to C all the way up to the B plus to A. The bigger problem is, you know, with the, the, the A inventory, it's just sometimes difficult to make the numbers work. There's a bigger demand from homeowners that drive the prices up, but the rent does, does, just doesn't correlate with, with the pricing. Our sweet spot and what we found, um, obviously, with you know uh, the big shift and the anticipation of um, rents being due on April first, a good portion, um, or at least I say a good portion, twenty-five to thirty-five percent of our business historically, and I, I've I've been buying rentals since two thousand four, was voucher based. So we we do have um, in some of our um, you know areas that are that are more uh, when I say urban, it means that you know it's a, it's a townhouse like our our bread and butter here. Um, has really been that fourteen to fifteen hundred square foot um, townhouse that rents for one thousand to eleven hundred dollars a month. Um, there is a huge demand for that inventory. There is a, a massive shortage of of renovated, professionally managed inventory in that price point. So typically, uh, we're seeing people that are are leasing our properties at at, at that one thousand dollar mark to eleven hundred dollar mark, or comparing it to properties of similar size that are you know twenty five and thirty years outdated. Um, and maybe managed by, you know, the the owner. Um, so they haven't had the best experience. Um, our average tenants, um, we have over eighty five percent renewal rate. Um, you know, we put a lot of time and energy into taking care of our residents to make sure that they're, you know, uh, looking forward to renewing because you know vacant properties don't make anybody any money. Um, so we try and keep them um, leased up and and take care of the people that are paying. And then certainly, you know, when when uh, we we looked at the the voucher um, programs and we've been doing it for fifteen years. Um, we have a tremendous relationship with the the local entity that manages that program. They, that, those deposit those deposits sit on the you know immediately. There was no conversation about that, so there was zero interruption there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and said we we've seen and there's been a huge renewal of interest in the redevelopment of our city, um, both in Harrisburg um, and York. Uh, about a, ten years ago, they built a, a minor league baseball stadium in the center of York City. Uh, there's been a huge redevelopment effort um, by the local administration here um, to bring businesses back to the city. Um, there's tons of now. The best restaurants now are in the city. Two years ago, that was not the case. Um, and you know what it's like when you when you if if you feed them, they will come. Right? It's like field of drinking. <laughs> but food. Right. Um, and we we have what do you think? Just shy of a dozen privately boutique style restaurants in our city. And then, you know, craft uh, beer places where there's all these microbreweries that have popped. There's a ton of entertainment. So now what we've seen is, is now that that's been around for a few years, there's now starting to be this huge demand for housing down there because people can walk. They want to walk to where they can eat. They'd like to walk to where they can have a beverage. Um, sure. There's tons of shop stuff that's happened. So we've really enjoyed uh, a great revival of, of our cities. There's There's been a tremendous pushback. And we, you know, I'm sure as you watch the national data, that's happening on a national level as well. There's there's this big movement of people that want to they don't they don't want to be, you know, out of town 25 minutes away from everything, living in a in, a, in an apartment anymore. I mean, there, you know, there's 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 been a big big pivot away from a lot of that that multifamily investment to the single family, and uh, the people that want to buy those single family homes want to rent a house like they would buy, but they just prefer to rent it. So yeah, that's a that good answer. point. No, that's a good point. There's, there's, a, that is certainly a trend. There was a trend, you know, several decades ago towards the suburbs where people were moving out further away, you know, to the bigger lots, bigger houses, 
more of a suburban yep. feel. And now, and, and maybe it's probably because of the, uh, you know, the newer generations coming out, the millennials and whatnot, they like to be, uh, you know, in close proximity near the downtown core. They like to have, you know, a lifestyle, a culture. They like, they like to be mo- mobile. They don't want to be tied to a property. Yep. Uh, they like that trendy, uh, you know, uh, restaurant, bar, boutique, brewery, yep. you know, IPAs and all that kind of stuff. They like that walkability. And, um, and so there's this movement now back to th- these inner cores and these districts where they're undergoing revitalization. You know, the restaurants come in and things start to get hip and trendy. And now all of a sudden you have all kinds of multi-unit properties being renovated or built. And, and all these younger generations are coming in and living there because that's where it's the, you know, cool place to live. Uh, yep. Where that goes from here, I, I don't know. But, you know, that's very interesting. So, you know, you, you, you gave us a great, a great description of where you're at. Um, in terms of neighborhoods and the types of properties, maybe just touch upon one of you guys, uh, the price ranges of the turnkey rentals that you guys are producing today and the relative rents to those prices. That just gives us an idea of the price to rent ratio on those things. Take it, Liz. Um, So we've done properties anywhere from 80,000 to... I think we have one that's 270, um, but typically our our sweet spot is between 80 and I would say 100 and 120 thousand, right around that hundred thousand dollar mark. Um, and throughout the price ranges, we typically get um, the one percent rent to value ratio, if not a little bit higher than that. Nice. Are you guys having an issue finding inventory today? I know some markets are pretty tight. Are you guys experiencing that or is um, do you have a fair amount of liquidity in terms of inventory? So, I'll give you the short answer is we have no problems finding inventory. Okay. Uh, the long answer is um, one of the things that um, as a, as a uh, fix and flipper, um, we've been fighting for inventory for, for <laughs> 17 years, right? It's just, it's always been a struggle at that volume. Um, to be able to do 250 deals. Um, so we are extremely active on social media. Um, we do north of 50,000 direct mail pieces a month, strategically targeting inventory that that fits the model of, of what we're buying and renovating and, and renting. And then we do about 400 television commercials a month. Um, we're very active on uh, local network and, and cable television. And uh, we generate about 500 seller leads a month. Last month, we bought 26 properties off market and 14 properties on market. Um, wow. We had really a deal analyst. That's his technical title. He's a, he's a, he's a deal, deal analyst. He looks like a deal. If you ever meet Dave, he fits the, he looks like a deal analyst. <laughs> super, a super smart. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, he fits the description. Um, he's a super smart guy. Each time we make a deal, He's able to source where that deal came from, um, the values, the rents, all of that good stuff, and is constantly uh, monitoring the the model so that we can go back out and find more of that inventory. So we we have no shortage of inventory. We have over 50 active renovation projects now, over 100 homes total in our inventory, including pending acquisition, homes under renovation. Um, We have over 30 some odd properties that are under contract to to go to settlement for sale. Okay. Um, so that's a big focus of ours. It's where I spend most of, of my time um, is in the marketing and, and acquisitions um, areas um, so that we can, we, we, we do not struggle to find inventory. I mean, we're constantly pushing, um, you know, we've expanded our goals for this coming year over 30% over last year. 
but each time we, you know, we, we, we pick a lane and go with it, whether it's television, which has been new for us this year, it's been extraordinary. Uh, the results have, have been, you know, it's not, not what we projected. They've, they've exceeded our, our expectations. Right. Um, and then we have a great reputation after being around for over 15 years, local real estate agents bring us deals constantly, particularly through, you know, these, these last couple of weeks where in Pennsylvania, real estate agents are restricted in their ability to really do any business. Um, so we, we've bought a handful of properties uh, just this past week from from deals that unfortunately fell apart um, that was under contract to go to, to, to settlement. Um, so no, we, we, we put a lot of time and energy and focus uh, behind acquisitions and, and finding quality inventory. And uh, it's, it's one of the things we, we do a really good job of. Right on. So before we get to the property management uh, piece of it, where we kind of wrap things up, uh, one more question, which I think is an important question about properties. And that is, um, what is a typical scope of work? Like, how would you describe a typical renovation on a turnkey rental that you guys are, are, are producing out there? So I'll answer that question and Liz, fill in as I go. Uh, we'll start with the average budget. So a 1,500 square foot house for us, the typical renovation budget's around $35,000. And we have like a, what I call like a top-down mentality. We look first at uh, major mechanicals. Our primary focus is looking at things like roof, uh, electrical systems, plumbing systems, HVAC, uh, things of that sort. Obviously, any you know structural integrity of the property, and then uh, we 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 build out a, a scope beyond that cosmetically uh, to make the property as appealing as possible. To uh, even when you look at, and I think it's one of the things that's overlooked when you look at the class of inventory. There's varying classes of demographics inside of that. You know, if you can have an A property with a D. Right. So what do you have? Like, are you more interested in the, 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 the you know, the, the value or, or the quality of the property or the quality of the, the resident? Because quite frankly, you can have a great property. And if you don't have a, a resident that's paying it, it's, it's not productive. So uh, what we found is, you know, with, with our inventory, we renovate um, for the long term. We like durability. Uh, we want to make sure that we can check the boxes of all the major mechanicals. So um, you know, as as maintenance pops up, which it certainly will. You know, it's one of the things we're we're, we're very transparent about. Um, you know, these 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 properties will will need some level of maintenance for certain. But what we try and do is eliminate the possibility of any of those big ticket items um, because that can really chip away at your cash flow. So we start with the major mechanicals. Um, then cosmetically, we're typically you know renovating kitchens. Um, we use uh, very durable flooring products. We're normally using some some form of um, an engineered uh, wood product or a luxury vinyl plank. Um, it's super durable. It's waterproof. Um, if a piece of it gets damaged, you can patch just that piece without. So, you know, um, we're, we're, we're very strategic about how we renovate. But um, if you look at our properties, and again, I think it's one of the things um, mm -hmm. that, that we've carried over from the fix and flip world is we renovate our properties. And it's a lot of the feedback we've got from both your sales staff and the clients is that they look like flips. Our renovations on our turnkeys look like flips, so um, we've which been is a good thing. That's a positive yeah, thing when you mention that. Some people have encouraged us and said, "You know, why do you do so many renovations?" It's all that we know, really. Um, and then we've just found that we we attract a higher quality resident, yeah. and um, you know, we we never have problems getting our properties rented. Um, we have a phenomenal leasing staff. Um, we, we literally have people fighting, not physically fighting over our properties, but. Um, on any one given property, when when it's renovated and goes active, we'll have multiple applications. 
and then you know people stay because I think it's you know there's there's not there there you know and when we lose a tenant ninety percent of the time it's because they've they've cho- they've chosen to buy a home not because they're moving to another <laughs> rental that's in better shape um, or is better managed but that's you know that's one of the things that uh, we we put a lot of time and energy and focus in is the quality of our renovations and then making sure that we have a robust scope for those two reasons durability. And we want to we want to attract the highest quality resident possible. Yeah, and I can back what you said because we're getting feedback from our clients. We survey every single client after they close escrow, uh, regardless of whether it's their first property or their twentieth property. They get the same survey every single time. Rate us, rate our provider, rate the lender, rate everything. Describe uh, you know how the transaction was. Give us some feedback. Uh, any suggestions for improvement, all that kind of stuff. And so what we're hearing is is all very positive and and um, you know, that speaks volumes. Um, just in wrapping that piece up, I, I assume you kind of warranty your work for a, a period of time being a newly renovated property. Um, what is yep. that? How does that work? Just Go ahead, So we have a one-year workmanship warranty. The workmanship warranty covers anything that's done during the renovation, which each property comes with the full renovation list. So um, a buyer can see interior, exterior, room by room, exactly what's being done on each property. So everything that's done during the renovation is covered, as well as anything that would be covered under the inspection repairs. Nice. That's awesome. Okay, let's wrap it up with property management. Now, I, I know that you guys just more recently took over management services and, and are now providing full service property management. So just briefly describe the property management services that you guys are offering and including with the turnkey rentals and, and maybe touch on the terms under those management, uh, you know, whatever the, the management agreement is that you guys have. Go ahead, Liz. Um, so we so suggestion just real quick, because um, I think it's important. Um, probably the, the most frequently asked question I get when when people um, have seen that we've transitioned property management is why, <laughs> and I think that's important to cover. If it's okay with you, Marco. Because, okay, so why? <laughs> uh, so let's start there, Liz. Um, and I, I think Liz um, can can attest because she's you know she's at the front lines communicating with your clients um, even beyond the sale. I mean, if there's an issue with whether it's a resident, um, some some form of property management, if it's maintenance, whatever the case might be, um, we have multiple clients that have been with us for a few years, and, and and now you know there's turnovers and stuff. So there's 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 ongoing communication, um, probably far more um, after the sale than there is actually during the sale. Sure, I mean, you know the, the the closing process of purchasing a property takes thirty days versus thirty years of owning it and managing it um, responsibly. So. Liz, if that's okay with you, why don't you start with why we made the decision to, to get into to property management and take on that 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 massive responsibility? I think um, just a short answer would be the control of it to be able to make sure that we have the most control over the services that are provided, not only to the owners of the properties, but to the residents as well. Um, just making sure maintenance calls are answered as quickly as possible. You know, if somebody calls, they're getting a call back. Really, just providing the customer service level that we expect for our sales side transitioned over to property management. Yeah, the consistency, right? Like we saw, um, you know, and obviously in, in, in dealing with 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 your team, um, we've we've seen the same level of excellence, right? Like the way that they're 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 being positioned and and educated when they're introduced to us. Um, your team's interaction throughout the process. Uh, the quality of the property that that we're bringing to the table, um, you know, and then we wanted to make sure that that remained consistent beyond 
and past the settlement date because they're, you know, we, we've seen the possibility for inconsistency. Now, we've had great relationship with property managers and, and companies in the past, um, but when we really decided to put our foot on the pedal and make this our focus, um, I mean, our goal is and, and should exceed the 200 unit number this year. Which in two years, yeah. So I mean, and you know, every sign that 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 our market has the ability to to produce over three hundred quality units. I mean, um, we just went through our last quarter, and then our projections for the 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 next quarter, and our projections will put us on pace for for three hundred units a year. And we wanted to make sure that there was consistency from the introduction to the sales process through renovation, inspections, all of that stuff. Just like you said, like you survey every portion of that transaction from the lender to the provider to how your team did. And there was just what we felt a potential disconnect beyond the sale. And to us, it's it's the most critical part. It is. I, I mean, we could have a great renovated property. You got a good deal, a solid loan, and it can all fall apart in management. And we just yeah. weren't willing to, to, to take these relationships and not be a hundred percent confident that we had a seat at the table and the ability to, to like, I, I, you know, I'm so fortunate that we had the ability to navigate through what we're going through now with yeah. collection of rents, communications to residents. Um, as of two days ago, we had one person that had not paid um, out of, I think we managed at this point already close to 200 doors. It's ridiculous. I mean, that, that's phenomenal. And, but we took, we started taking action, you know, four weeks ago in anticipation of that day. Uh, so, you know, I think it, it had a lot to do with our success and we just wanted to make sure that there was consistency throughout the experience for the customer. Great reasons. So, so just describe the property management services. I'm sure it's pretty similar, you know, with every other management company that we work with, it's really across the board, full service management. Uh, if you want to touch on that, feel free to do so. Just give us a, a, a rough idea of what the terms under that management is. And then we sure. can just kind of wrap things up here. Absolutely. Um, so the monthly management fee is 6% um, for all of our turnkey investors. Typically in our market for property management, it's between 8 and 10%. Um, so the 6% is part of the package deal for the turnkey investments. The first tenant we place that's included with purchase of the property. So you're not paying a separate fee after, um, after you close to lease it. And then following the first year, lease renew, uh, lease Tenant placement is a half month's rent. Lease renewal is $100. And they'll do either semi-annual or annual inspections, $35. Those are optional, but I would definitely always you know, suggest them, especially for that first year that a tenant's in place. They do have in-house maintenance. Um, so the in-house maintenance, there's no markup on that, which is nice. I know a lot of companies will um, either sub it out or, or mark it up on their own. So that's passed along directly to the owners, which is nice. Those are incredible terms, you guys. You, you you probably realize you're underselling yourself, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's but it's as as funny as it may sound, it's intentional. Like for us, it's we 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 appreciate and treat it, you know, as its own business. But for us, it's an extension of our our turnkey business. We want to make our properties in our area as appealing as possible with the things that we can control. Um, some people want to invest in primary markets and 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 have you know the 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 you know shiny you know, appealing uh, possibility of, of big upside numbers with, with appreciation and stuff. Uh, that's not us, right? And what we have to offer is, like you said, sort of that, that blue chip stock um, that delivers consistent and reliable returns 
and again, when you're talking about you know uh, and uh, our property values, and then you know the, the the coinciding cap rates, you know a little bit of markup and maintenance, and and charging eight percent management fees, you start to add those things up. It starts to make that investment potentially not as appealing as 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 what it may be otherwise. So we have control over that stuff. Another big contributing factor um, for us, um, you know, that uh, we do it really to to um, extend that service uh, as a bonus for our clients. Um, not because you know, and anybody in the property management business, um, I haven't heard of many people getting wealthy off of that. You know, and it's it's an extremely demanding business um, with extremely small margins. Um, but when we attach that to our core business and you treat it as, a, a, as, as an extension of that business, it makes a lot more sense for us. Sure. Never puts us in a position where we have to choose between what's right and wrong because we're operating on such a small margin. Um, it's not even a part of the conversation, right? And that's really truly at, 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 at the core of why we made the decision to do it. And the reason that we run our business that way is an extension of our turnkey provider business. Um, and it just, it makes things a lot easier, quite frankly. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I jokingly say you live and die by your property manager or your management company. And I mean, there's some truth in that. So it's important to have good quality management. You know, what you guys are doing is great. And um, I hate to use the word cheap, but you guys are, are very cheap in terms of the spectrum of property management, you know, fees and services that are out there. So, um, uh, you know, we, and we've, we've gotten great feedback from, from our clients about it. And, um, you know, it's, they're, they're very happy. I, I haven't heard one negative thing. So keep up the good yeah. work. Just in wrapping up here, is there, um, you know, any kind of parting comments about your market or the, uh, the investment opportunities that you guys have there just as we close this thing up? What do you think, Liz? Um, I think you guys already touched on it. That is like with the appreciation. That's one thing that I always do like to be upfront with people about if they're looking for a market that's going to have huge appreciation. If they want to sell a property in two years and make $50,000, um, this isn't the market for them. But it is like, um, I would say probably the most consistent steady market that I've seen as far as my research um, nationally. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's it's exciting. I mean, we're, we're getting a lot of attention on it. So it's, um, you know, certainly a positive thing, especially today, you know, the stock market has been so incredibly erratic going up and down, you know, 1,000, 1,300 points. I think it's <laughs> driving some people a little bit batty. And they're saying, well, I need something a little more predictable and consistent that actually generates cash flow, not is uh, purely a capital gains type of play. So real estate is, you know, a, an obvious choice and, and a great inflation hedge. So I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on. You guys, um, you know, are, are rock stars. We get compliments about you guys all the time. So keep up the great work. Thank you for uh, working with us. And, um, you know, of course, thank you for taking the time today. Appreciate the opportunity, Marco. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take thank care. you so much. We'll see you. Bye-bye. And that wraps up another market spotlight. So if you have interest in the uh, Pennsylvania market where we've been for a number of months now, feel free to contact your investment counselor here and we will get you additional information, answer your questions, uh, show you some of the properties that are in the pipeline right now. And if you don't have an investment counselor with us, at least not yet, Fill out the form on our website and we will assign an investment counselor to you within 24 hours. And uh, you can just start off with a free strategy session. In fact, I, I, I always refer to these strategy sessions as being free. The thing is, is we don't charge for anything at all. So everything is essentially free as far as what we do. We just provide you a ton of value and uh, education and resources 
and knowledge and put you in touch with the right people in the right markets that make sense for you and your investment goals. So you can call all that free, but it's really just a whole bunch of value that we provide for you and uh, help you on your real estate investing journey and work towards your financial freedom goals. So um, contact us if you have any questions at all, not just about the particular Harrisburg market that we talked about today. Uh, Download the free report on our website, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. We've got some other freebies coming up here in the near future. If you haven't already subscribed to this channel, um, just click that subscribe button. Help us spread the word. Leave us a rating and review. And again, thanks for listening. We will see you on our next episode. looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Narada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.